Welcome to the Friendship Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Binnick, and today we're gonna be talking about all things fitness, wellness, and mindset so that you can be the best version of yourself for everybody and your family and life that loves you and needs you. All right, guys, what is going on today? We are in the wealth section. We are in part four, and today we're going to be talking about jobs, careers, business ownership, some of the positives, negatives, the benefits, and the downsides, and having kind of a real conversation around how we can build a mental framework around what we do for earning money and how we can think about how that maybe changes in our life and some different strategies and tips. And some of you guys, I think, are this is going to hit you at the right time. It's going to like build maybe a fire inside of you or maybe start you thinking about things a little bit differently. And some of you guys are going to fall right into those very first category. And you're like, I love my job. I, I have no qualms with it. And I'm super, super happy in what I love and, and what I get to do every single day. And I don't even know if I would necessarily change a thing. Okay. My hope is to still give you guys some interesting things to think about today as we start looking into the future about what we are going to be doing for our earning potential and maximizing our earning years. And really our prime earning years are between about 18 and 45 to 50. By the time we get north of 45 to 50, we would prefer to be getting paid maybe more on our investments and more on the assets that we've built and more maybe on our brains and our knowledge than on, you know, physically showing up somewhere every day or physically having to go and and do a lot of the grunt work of building and, and working. And that's sort of our, our main earning years. And so during that time, we have to think about how do we maximize our time value? And so a long time ago, I heard a mental framework surrounding this, and it always really stuck with me. And I think about this a lot, all the time. And I have this conversation a lot with people in and around the gym and the fitness space who are really struggling with work in a variety of different settings, which we're going to talk about a lot today. And you guys have maybe heard me talk a lot about how I'm very willy-nilly with people being open to the prospect of quitting jobs, provided that you know it starts with this framework of being sort of unhappy. But I truly believe that what you spend your time working and earning doing, because it is a significant chunk of your life. We just take our standard American 40-hour work week. Talking almost 30% of your life is going to be spent during your formative years. These middle, you know, the middle tertiary, you know, third of your life is is going to be really spent earning and working in these years. You, you have to either love it and you wake up every day and you're fired up to just go and change lives, help people, you know, build whatever you're working on, you know, build something for, for the future that's going to live beyond you and is going to be here for that next generation. You know, something where you are fired up. When I talk to you about it, I hear you light up with a passion because you can tangibly feel how much you're helping people. Or you really believe in the technology that you're working on building or the studies that you're doing or the books that you're writing or the research and development that you're doing. You really buy into the fact that this is going to make a better future for somebody somewhere. And so that's kind of step one. If we're, if we're in a job and you love it, awesome. But what you need to do is you need to think about waking up every day and you need to communicate that. You need to verbalize it. 
need to step, you know, in front of the mirror and do some affirmations and just say, I'm so thankful for the job and the opportunity that I have because I get to change lives and I love what I do every day. And you need to speak that into existence. You need to not let some of the, you know, day-to-day bureaucracy and bullshit that gets in the way of everybody's job. You need to not let that stuff cloud your judgment of the fact that you really do love what you're doing. Now, the next category is getting paid for our efforts. So let's say we maybe don't love what we're doing, but instead we have some skin in the game. So we run a commissions-based job or we have some stock option sharing program or something along those lines. And our efforts, our hard work, our merits are rewarded. So if we aren't working a job that we necessarily love and we're not super fired up about how we're changing lives, so let's take something, I'm gonna take something mundane. Let's say you know we're, we're doing car insurance or something along those lines, right? Like, I don't think there might be people out there who get really juiced up about car insurance claims, but I don't think so. Okay. So let's say we're in that business. Well, that's a fine business to be in. It's obviously something that's very needed in our society and somebody has to do it. But what we want to be thinking about is we want to make sure that we are working towards being a part of a car insurance business where it's merit-based. If we work harder and do a better job, we are rewarded for it. So that's usually something like sales, uh, maybe some sort of management, right? If your team does really well and you're a great leader, you get rewarded for the, your team's efforts. That's great also. But we want to be thinking about if it's not something that we love, that we have some upside from coming in and passionately devoting our time and our effort to it. And I think if you're working a job and you don't fall into one of those two categories, you are guaranteed to burn out, get complacent, be unhappy in reality. It's an inevitability that you're going to become uncomfortable with your situation in that job if you don't love it and you're not rewarded for working hard. It's sort of that office space, which is hands down like one of my favorite movies of all time. And it really stands up to the test of time, I feel like. But, you know, you go back and you watch that movie and he's it's just a great example of he sort of works this like jokingly mundane, you know, software job. And he's not rewarded for his efforts in any way. You know, he doesn't get any stock options. He doesn't see any share, you know, reach purchasing or anything like that. He's not he's not seeing any upside if he sells another unit. And so he said his only real incentive to do any work is just to not get hassled by his boss. And, you know, he's got the famous line, but you know, Bob, that'll only make you work just hard enough to not get fired. And man, we don't want to spend a third of our prime years of our life in that situation. I think everybody can agree on that. And so let's say we aren't in either of those first two buckets. Let's say we don't love it. And we're not getting paid for our efforts. Well, in my opinion, then what I think the best thing to do, and this is just my personal belief, is I think if you're in a situation like that, the best thing for you to do is to start working on building a business on the side that accomplishes both of those things for you. And so let's take Peter from office space. He's going to be our example today for for our first piece. And let's say he's getting retirement 
benefits. He's getting good health care benefits and he's making a salary that is going to cover his cost of living and maybe an extra five or 10% on top of that. But he's got a skill set. He's a software engineer. He's good with computers. He's maybe got some passions. He's got some things he's interested in, whatever it might be. And let's say he wants to go off and start his own business. Well, he's got this great safety, this great backdrop, but he's not super passionate about it. He doesn't love it and he's not getting paid for his efforts. What he does have in the in the movie, right, is he's he's got some time at work that he can do other things, that he can maybe work on building this side business, this passion. And the cool part about that is usually when we go off and we start a side business or we go and start something, we are either going to love it. A lot of people who start their businesses, they're super passionate about it. Obviously, I love health and fitness and helping people live happier, better lives and, you know, see somebody getting fired up about a PR that they've just been grinding for, like that that visceral animalistic reaction, that that excitement that you feel inside of you. I love that. And I get paid for my efforts. If I do a better job coaching people, if I build a better program, if I build a more professional gym, if I show people better results, then I get rewarded for that. If I'm sloppy and I'm lazy and you know the gym's never clean and coaches show up on average 10, 15 minutes late to every class and the programming's not done, somebody slaps something together on the whiteboard, you know, coaches are on their cell phones all class. They're not paying attention to anybody. They don't actually really try to help people. There's no follow up. You know, the program is just a bunch of shit slapped together and just written up on a board. And these these are all things you guys have ever traveled and gone to different gyms. You guys have probably seen this. Uh, unfortunately, it's the majority of gyms are operating this way. And so you have to assume that those people are not going to be rewarded because they're not putting in the love and the care and the effort and the energy to it. And so the best part sometimes about starting your own thing is you can accomplish both of those first two tasks. And so if you're working for uh, in a tech or I always think or in a trode, I forget which one he actually works for if you're Peter, right? But you have this huge passion for coaching fitness and for, you know, helping people. Maybe on the side, you start coaching at a local gym, one class or two classes a week. And maybe you have a sister or a friend who lives out in California or Colorado and, you know, they're struggling with their health and fitness. And maybe you say, hey, you know, I'd love to try to program for you and I'll, I'll write your programs and just pay me 20 bucks a week and I'll write your programs. I'll follow up with you. I'll help you learn the exercises remotely and you can just go to your local plan of fitness. And then maybe your sister's got a friend that she wants to go with or she's, you know, maybe your sister tells, you know, your aunt and your aunt's super interested. And then your aunt's got three friends she wants to train with. And you start growing this side business out of the side and you get better and you get better and you better because you look forward to doing it and you love it. And all the meanwhile, you've got this backdrop, you've got this safety net of your day job. And so those are the three frameworks that I try to think about when I think about how am I going to earn how am I going to spend these prime years of my life earning so that I can you know, have food and shelter and do the things that I want to do in my life and give back to, um, you know, make a meaningful contribution to society? How am, how am I going to do these things? You either should love it. You should get rewarded for your efforts so that if you're putting in the time and the effort and energy, you're rewarded for that thing. Or you should start to think about maybe starting your own thing. 
start thinking about maybe building your own business and maybe have your foot in a couple of doors. One of the things I always recommend to people is if you feel like you're not in those first two boats, if you don't love what you're doing, you're not getting paid for your efforts, you should be in a constant search. You should be in this never-ending job search for something a little better, for something that maybe you'll like a little bit more, maybe work with people that you enjoy a little bit more, maybe a different industry altogether. You should start thinking about what the impact that's going to have on your life or start looking at building your own business. So I've been very lucky at this point. You know, I've really walked uh, a handful, probably two dozen people or so through starting their own business, buying a business, selling a business, uh, the initial steps, just having conversations with, you know, entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs. And those discussions, I'm very lucky to have had a lot of them to be able to, you know, get better and better and better at that as a skill. But also what I love more than anything is, the fire, the the passion when somebody decides to make that leap to, to change uh, their whole trajectory of their life and the lives of the people around them and pursue something with a little bit more passion and have all of the skin in the game on their shoulders. You know, and that's why I tell people all the time, if you ever want to grow as a person, the best thing that you can possibly do is try to start your own business. Because you are the bottleneck, your development, your communication skills, your leadership skills, your you know personal development, your health, your fitness, your aptitude, your energy, that becomes the bottleneck to the business. And so you have to learn how to elevate yourself. And a lot of times, you know, if we're working, you know, at, at a, you know, a fast food drive through, what is your real push to, to drive, to, to you know, read books and be better and develop and go to seminars and spend all night online learning new skills, learning how to build websites? Like why, why would you ever have that push if your current job and what your aspirations were stopped at you know, um, a fast food restaurant? It just doesn't. It doesn't have the same push and the same need to develop and improve and get better because you don't have the skin in the game, you don't love it, and you're not the bottleneck in the business doing well. Like Chick-fil-A is going to continue on killing it whether or not you're the one ringing people up for you know chicken nuggets. And so we have to be thinking about this framework, and I hope that that gets you guys into the right mindset, maybe even just thinking about what you're doing right now. And hopefully if you guys are, hopefully you guys are in that boat right now. And, you know, if it is, affirm that. Talk about it. Talk about, I love what I do. I absolutely love what I do. Or, you know, I get paid for my efforts. And so I have to be at the top of my game. I have to bust my butt. I have to learn. I have to improve. I have to go through sales training. I have to go through communication training. I have to grow and get better so that, you know, I can earn more. And so those are kind of the things that we want to think about uh, when we're in we're in these uh, kind of jobs frameworks. Now, we're going to talk about the real benefits and the real downsides. And so I think there is a benefit and then there's a counter argument for every benefit with a job. So I'm going to talk about the common, the two most common ones for benefits for a job is healthcare. So a lot of people get great healthcare plans, and this is something as a um, you know business owner that I've gone years and years without any healthcare, and without being able to afford it or you know figure it out, 
and you know healthcare has gone through a really bad trajectory ever since you know Obamacare came along. It's uh, been really hard for businesses to continue to try to afford that and figure it out. And so you know it's been a challenging thing when you're off on your own. And so healthcare a lot of times is you know better when you're working for an established large company or corporation. But when we start thinking about that, what is the downside or what is the counter argument to that? Well, a lot of people might have a great healthcare plan, but they work so much that they don't necessarily have a lot of time to eat healthy or they're so stressed at their job that they aren't able to make the gym or they don't have the motivation to go out and you know do things. They maybe uh, are stuck inside sitting at a computer all day and they don't get enough sunlight and they don't get enough time out in nature and they're stressed all the time. And so the nature of the job is not healthy. We don't get enough steps. We don't get enough sunlight. We don't get enough exercise. We don't, we aren't set up for success with eating healthy. And so great, you have this awesome healthcare plan, but the very job that gives it to you is destroying your health. And we're seeing that more and more and more as jobs become more computer centric. You know, there's not a lot of outdoor computers. <laughs> there's not, a, you know, people are trying stand-up desks and walking desks and all these things, but it's never, ever going to replace, um, you know, like being like a lumberjack, right? Where we're outside and we're using our body and we're moving wood and we're chopping wood and, um, you know, we're able to use our body every day. A lumberjack is going to be much, much, much better set up for success from being a healthy person than, you know, the same person who's stuck inside sitting, going to meetings and being on Zoom calls and being on the computer for eight to 10 hours, you know, four to five days a week. And so we have to kind of keep that stuff in mind is, is there great healthcare? Awesome. That's great. That's awesome. It's definitely not something you're always going to be able to achieve based on the companies that you work for. But are we trading off great health care for a job that's destroying our health or that's stripping us and you know, taking away our opportunities at living a healthy lifestyle? And if so, that is not a worthwhile trade-off. And always remember healthcare, like healthcare is sick care, right? Is okay, so we have a low, like, what do we get? We get a low deductible. You know, we don't have, uh, we get extra doctor's visits, prescription drugs might be, you know, included. I've just never understood it, right? Like for me, great healthcare, it's like, that's awesome, but it's a lot better to just never need your healthcare, right? And yeah, there's going to be, you know, there's there's accidents, there's catastrophes that can happen. And, you know, that's horrible. But, you know, the difference between a, a $500 deductible and a $5,000 deductible when, you know, you, you know, fall skydiving or something and like you break every bone in your body, it's not really going to make that big of a difference. Your life's going to be materially impacted anyway. And so general health, reducing chronic disease, being a healthy person is way, way, way more important than having good health care. And so we always have to kind of keep that in the front of our mind and don't take jobs just for the healthcare benefits of it. Unless obviously we're looking at something like, you know, I need the healthcare for my kid because they have a specific illness and my family because, you know, we're dealing with things and we really need this really high quality healthcare. And obviously that is a different situation. We're making decisions in that capacity based off of 
other factors. And so I know that those things certainly come into play all the time. So definitely something that we have to kind of keep in mind. And that is one of the main benefits of having a great job. Um, you know, so like teachers and firefighters and police officers, obviously they have great health care, great coverage. And I was in the military, great health care. I mean, you never paid for anything, no deductibles. You walk in, you scan a card, you, you know, I got eye surgery. I had a bunch of back issues and knee issues and um, broke my hands and all that stuff. And you're just in and out you know, not a big deal, not a big, uh, like you're not paying for anything. Nothing comes out of pocket. And that's always, that's awesome when that catastrophe type stuff happens. So that is one of the benefits. And when you go off and you start your own thing, or if you're working as a contractor, you're getting paid for your efforts, uh, in a different capacity, you might not have that luxury. So kind of something to keep in mind there. Next is retirement plans. And this is probably the other main benefit of having a job is people will have these great retirement matching plans and, you know, 401ks that are matched by their employer up to a certain amount. And, you know, it's all pre-tax dollars. And so there's a lot of really good it's like free money that you can get into and, um, you know, really help set you up for great success from a retirement perspective. But again, we have to look at, you know, what are the trade-offs on that? You know, are we are we looking at retirement as something that we have to work until we're 62 to maximize these retirement returns? And, you know, what are we doing in the meantime between that time? Right. Are we taking a job that's working us to the bone and hanging on to it because we want retirement plans, but we're not healthy. And when we get to 62 and this is these are some of the saddest stories. And, you know, I've, I've got this um, you know, somewhat in my family. And I know this happens a lot. It's a very common conversation with people where somebody will take a job and they'll work for a company for 30 or 40 years and they'll receive this pension. And then they die two years into receiving the pension or die two years into receiving the retirement or don't even make it to the 62 or 64 where they can even start tapping into it. And that's such a shame to me. It's a it's a really, really sad thing to think about, but it's a very common reality. And so we can't be thinking about we're going to work, 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 work and save, 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 save for retirement only, retirement only, but sacrifice our health along the way. We have to be able to make sure that we can live our best life from 62 and beyond for that to really matter. And what is our trade-off there? What is our real downside? Well, are you taking a job that has retirement matching and uh, you know great retirement plans? And are you missing opportunities for maybe you know greater earning potential? So if you started your own business or if you you know change jobs, some let's say you know you work for you know a major company downtown. Let's say you work for Nationwide or you work for Ohio State. You know two biggest I think employers in Columbus. And let's say you work for one of those companies, but you know, you're so secure in your job and you like your retirement benefits and your health care and all these things, but you're turning down jobs or you're not even looking at jobs at potential startups that would hire you in a heartbeat, that would give you these stock options, that would give you, you know, opportunities to grow equity and ownership in the business and pay you for doing a bang up job. Are you missing out on a potentially greater earning opportunity by looking at the benefits as this sort of safe binary option. You know, it's like you you look at somebody who started, um, you know, root insurance here in Columbus. Like, I'm sure that those guys probably aren't that worried about retirement because their stock's probably going to do really well and their company has grown quite a bit. And so they're probably multimillionaires and they're not too worried about retirement now because they could just retire anytime they wanted to. 
And so that would be something for us that would be great is like we want to make sure we're not missing out on a greater earning potential or greater earning opportunities where we do have skin in the game, where we are more passionate about it, where we do build something for ourselves and for, uh, you know, our family's lives and our friends' lives and, you know, people around us that are super passionate about the same things. We don't want to miss out on that stuff just because we're kind of playing it safe in that retirement plan. And so those are sort of like uh, the common ones, right? Like is it's it's a safe option, right? Jobs are typically the safer option. And that's something for people where we have to take a deep down look at your willingness to bet on yourself and your risk profile. And then you have to also look at other factors like my family and my family's health. And, you know, a lot of people are going to have other factors that fit into this. But when we start looking at today's opportunities, you have so many opportunities to start businesses in this e-commerce online world and do something that you're super passionate about. And uh, I just saw uh, an article the other day talking about uh, this blogger and he writes uh, a blog about like stuffed animals. And then, you know, I follow these guys who do um, these like major remodels in basements on YouTube and they just blew up this gigantic YouTube page and now they're YouTubers. And so there's all these opportunities out there for people who are just doing normal stuff like these guys were just doing normal basement renovations i'm sure they made you know 50 60 70 100 thousand dollars a year and we're just you know ripping up you know putting down carpet and you know putting up some drywall and doing these things and but they'd have they put they put their hearts and souls into it and they they put all this passion into it and they loved it and they loved these before and after pictures and they loved these big reveals to the families and all that stuff in when you film that, when you show people the process on YouTube and that that just oozes out of people, that passion, that love, that excitement, that pride in ownership. And that's something I think our society is really missing. When that comes out on YouTube, you see it and you like being a part of it. And so then these guys started to start a side business, just showing people what they were working on, showing people what they were doing blogging about it and now i'm guessing that they're probably making twice as much money and they're doing the same amount of work right there may be a little a little bit more with video production stuff that's obviously a lot of work too but i like that because these guys just were willing to bet on themselves just a, a you know two young guys probably in their 20s and they just they seem like they have so much fun doing it and so I would tell you guys, as you're kind of getting into this, like, think about what thing could I come in and just have so much fun doing? And could I do that on top of what I'm doing right now? Like, if you guys have a job that falls into that boat where you don't really love it and you're not getting paid for your efforts, like, what's stopping you from maybe starting a channel or starting a, you know, a blog or starting an e-commerce site or starting a t-shirt company? I mean, we've, we've seen all of these inside of the friendship, uh, you know, community over the past few years. And it's, I love watching it happen. It's so fun to watch grow. And I can tell you, everybody who does it comes out of it a better person a happier person, um, just it, it's, it changes you. And I think it changes you always for the positive. So that's kind of what, what I'm kind of having this conversation about. It. And I think that this fits into our wealth conversation because really what is wealth, right? If we think back to our original goal with this, our goal is to be able to wake up every day and look at our schedule and say, we're doing exactly what we want to do. 
I'm living exactly the way I want to live. That's true freedom. I would not change my schedule today even if I had to. And I love it. And I look forward to everything on there. And I'm thankful for all of it. And I'm super grateful for the life that I get to lead. I'm super grateful for the contribution that I get to make to other people, to society, to my family. That's what real wealth is, right? Like that's what we are aspiring to. And I don't want to see people wait until they're in their 60s or their 70s to have to feel that way or to have to live that way. I want people to go through the best years of their life feeling that way the whole time, feeling that way every single day. And I know it's aspirational, but I think if you're listening to this podcast, I think you're capable of it. I think everybody that is, you know, that that doesn't make excuses, that understands the process and is willing to stick to it can do this. And so I hope that this gives you guys kind of a framework for how we start thinking about, you know, what we're going to do during our prime earning years and how we're going to kind of earn that living. And so be willing to bet on yourself and understand where your risk profile lies and what factors into that. But if we can all do a great job in pride and ownership, you know, if you start thinking about customer service is sort of falling off a cliff in our world these days. It is 100% tied to the proximity to somebody with skin in the game, right? If I'm talking to Google customer service and it's outsourced to, you know, India or, you know, Sri Lanka or wherever, and I'm talking to somebody who, you know, is working in a call center 5,000 miles away from me, who's never going to meet me, who has no ownership stake in Google at all, who's making an hourly wage, what are the chances that that person is really bought into my customer service experience? That they are going to bend over backwards to make sure that I have the absolute best experience on that phone call? There's a 0% chance. There's, there's no way. But if you walk into Lion's Cub Cookies, I went last week, the owners back there grinding away, baking, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of cookies. Highly recommend, by the way, best cookies in town. Get their cookies and cream. It's like the greatest cookie you'll ever have. And I think they're coming up to Dublin. Looking forward to that. He's back there. He just started this new business, just bought his first brick and mortar location. Young guy. And he's back there and he's just fired up, passionate. You know, I had some questions. He comes out and talks to me and meets me. And has a discussion and conversation with me. He thanks me so much for driving all the way down there just to buy cookies from them. Goes out of his way to ask me my name and shake my hand. Like, I And I'm talking to the person who has all the skin in the game. He probably just took out a loan or laid down some personal financial guarantee that put his family at risk to start this cookie shop down right next to uh, Stoff's down in Grandview. And... I understand what that's like. It's so scary. But you can see there's this there's this fire, this determination to make sure that when you came in, you had a great experience. When I came in, I had a great experience. When everybody walks in there, he's there. Not outsourcing that. Like it's it's somebody who is actually real skin in the game bought into you having a great experience. And the proximity to that person is always going to be the better the customer service is, right? The better the product is, the more fire, the more passion, the more love is poured into it. That's what we want. And if our society had more of that, 
I think that we would all enjoy all of our experiences a little bit more. We would be less disappointed with the customer service or with the interactions with businesses or whatever. And so when you think about what are your favorite companies, a lot of the times they're going to be the ones that have great customer service. And so I hope you guys kind of keep that in mind. That's the society that I want to live in. I want to live in a society where I get to walk into a place and it's a great product. They're the best cookies on the planet. And I get to meet somebody who's fired up and passionate and they're meeting me with tons of positivity and they're thanking me for being a customer and a consumer of their product. Imagine if that was your experience everywhere you went where you saw fire and passion and heart and desire. If that was the society that we lived in, I just think we all would be so much happier. And so I want that for all of us. If you guys have something you're fired up, if you have something you're passionate about, pursue it. The world loses something if you don't. If you're not out there working on that thing, the world is a less good place, right? You have to think about that as you're stripping opportunity from people to enjoy along with you the thing that you love the most. And that's something that's always really helped me when I get into tough times at the business and I get in tough times with, you know, running and operating friendship and, um, you know, is, is there is somebody who's going to come through the door in six months who's going to need friendship in the worst way. And it's going to be exactly what they're looking for in their life. They're looking for a community. They're looking for positive, supportive people. They need the endorphins, right? Maybe they're they're a little lonely or they're a little depressed and they're going to get all of that stuff fixed and improved by coming in our doors. And I have to be there ready for them. You know, I have to be doing my best job to get, you know, friendship in front of them and make sure that they have the best opportunity to succeed with us. And, you know, I just think as we start looking at, you know, how we look at jobs and how we look at earning, I just hope that our society gets more of that, not less of that. And this has been a really hard year for small businesses and small businesses by no means are out of the woods yet. I actually think we're you know getting into a place where it's getting harder and harder with you know hiring shortages and all of these other things that are coming up. And so it's going to be hard. You got to grow. You got to elevate. You got, you got to let your love and your passion win through. And so our society can kind of continue to have these great things. So hope that maybe makes you guys think about something a little bit. Hope it maybe thinks about, you know, weighing the risk and the benefits and where you're at. And obviously this is a very different conversation for, you know, a 45 year old with four kids or five kids and, you know, they're going off to, to college and you're looking at how am I going to pay for all of this? And, um, you know, that's, that's one conversation. And then, you know, if you're 25 and you're single and, you know, you're just starting your professional career, such different views on this topic. And so, you know, I don't want to, don't, don't put anything I say into this, like, oh, well, like, you know, I'm 45 and I have five kids. And like, Jeff was like, well, you should just quit your job. And like, he's crazy. Um, you know, obviously not saying that everything comes with context and that's where the risk profile conversation comes in. Um, but we've seen it, right? Um, you know, Marianne just started Biteful Box and you guys can check that out. Um, you know, and she's, uh, you know, mid forties and has uh, two kids and she's got things to keep in mind. And so you can do it. It's never too late. Um, it's always something that you can start on the side and build and grow a passion for. And I'm always super encouraging of that. And then if you guys don't love your job, but you still think you need a job, always be having that one foot ready for the next opportunity. Never be afraid to say no. You know, always say yes. Take the meeting. Talk about it. Think about it. Meditate on it. Those are all great things. 
Only stay in touch with kind of where our happiness is at with our earning potential. Just because we spend so much of our lives there, it's definitely worth thinking about. And make sure we are not sacrificing our long-term health and happiness for a job, right? Our job should always be something that helps us benefit our lives so that we can lead a happier, healthier life. It should be a benefit, not a detractor. Thanks, guys.